0: Good morning and welcome to this Playback Best of the Year. The moments that tugged at your sleeve, flicked at your earlobe, kicked you on the shins, or maybe give you a nice warm hug when you needed it. It was certainly not a dull year, at least not here in the Montrose mothership, but we won't start from there. Let's begin with some ice cream. My favourite ice cream would be a corny
1: with a big flake in it all day long. I eat half of it and then I take the other half out and eat it and then finish off the corner.
2: It has to be a clippo, yeah? Calypso, clippo, yeah? Or like the push pops, you know them? I would be a fan of ice cream, yeah, but if I was, was eating ice cream, it'd be like HB HP, HP ice cream on the block, chopped down a couple of wafers. <laughs> yeah, 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 old but if, if if it's not ice cream, it's a clippo
3: yeah? I love a brunch. It used to be a loop de loop and uh, capitalism got a hold of the loop de loops. The chocolates aren't the same, they're a bit smaller. So I'd have to go with a brunch. I like ain't around the sides first.
4: Have you had a brunch already this year?
3: Do you know what? Not that I can remember. I think we're sort of only coming into brunch territory now, aren't we?
0: Voices courtesy of Sinead New from June, which was, hard to believe I know, Scorchio. In fact, the hottest June on record. And all year long, records broken all over the shop. But July, a different
5: story. Can I ask you, am I playing that that sound effect in or is that that really
1: I'm drenched here. Do you
4: know what? I think that they knew that I was about to go on air, the gods above, Mother Nature, because it's after just... Bucketing down, but I have a brolly <laughs> yeah. and I'm sheltering under the trees. But maybe somebody could take this audio and use it for an audio. Yeah, just SFX sh- we we we'll sh- for a while. We we'll
5: just sh- we'll for a while and just let the rain do its thing. Listen to this. That's sort of nice. I like that. I like this sort of comforting. It is sort of comforting. Uh, now, yeah. what well, a perfect day for mudlarking because the more it rains, the more there's mud, and the more you can lark in the mud.
6: Yeah,
0: and what was the perfect day, Ray, says me. the man in the warm, dry studio. And that rain, it didn't stop. It would turn out to be the wettest July on record. And if it was all climate superlatives here in Ireland, it was the same around the world. July is set to be the world's
1: hottest month in hundreds, if not thousands of years, according to reports from NASA. This month has already seen daily records broken, according to tools
0: run by the European Union and the University of Maine in the United States. NASA
1: climatologists say there are unprecedented changes in climate happening all over the world and the heat waves in the US, Europe and China are breaking records.
0: And while programmes like Hot Mess did a deep dive into the science of our climate emergency and what could be done to address it, with every headline on the news telling us we need to mend our ways, it was David on LiveLine who called us out on our all-too-human ability to know what we should do and then just do what we want. On a plane for a bit of sunshine. We are all sinners.
7: People travelling to the Costa del Whatever. It's not possible to travel there the way we travel sustainably. There's no such thing as a free lunch. And, and my concern is that I don't feel as if people connect what's, hap- what's what we're being told in the news to their behaviour and, and whether those people are feeling it economically now trust me next next summer people will be thinking very 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 differently about going to Costa del happy fun time whatever you want to call it, it it's a ticking clock right and, and those people's livelihoods are literally about to be massively impacted by this and um, but by this summer and 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 where are those people going to start coming they're going to start coming to places that are have equitable temperatures like Ireland um, and then our resources then will be Subject to larger and larger influx of tourism. I'm, I'm curious how we're going to feel about that.
0: And then storms and increasing flooding in all parts of the country. And in October, Storm Babette. Middleton particularly badly hit. I
8: actually can't find the words to describe it. We were standing inside in the cafe watching like a waterfall coming in over the floodgate. There was absolutely nothing we could do to stop it. I've never felt so helpless in all my life.
0: <laughs> Lisa O'Brien from Monty's Cafe in the Town from the News at One. And with Claire, Byrne O'Connell had waded through the water to speak to homeowners.
7: So we're just walking in here now into your front room. scene of utter devastation, yeah, isn't it? That's right. So your couch is flipped upside down. Still quite a lot of water on the you ground here. You can see, here. look,
9: the sediment after. That's how high it was. Up
7: over the TV stand?
9: Yeah. Just started coming in the back door. I grabbed everything I could. We're just walking so through into your the kitchen, kitchen here.
7: Yeah. And obviously we're using our phones as lights because you have no electricity.
9: No, I had to turn the power off. As I said, it went up as far as the sockets and the fridge floated away. And out the back then our kerosene. How do you feel
0: this morning? Upset. What's oh, upset is only the start of it. But let's get out of the waterproofs for now anyway and into the good coat for the visit in April of US President Joe Biden. And on the banks of the Moy in Ballinan, Cundweo, bursting with pride they were.
8: It's unbelievable the excitement, but it's great to have him back as president.
10: I think tonight it will be a celebration of his heritage here in Ballina. There will be a fantastic
11: turnout.
4: This week we had a kind of an emotional week because the girl's grandmother passed away, and she passed away in the hospice which Joe had turned the sod on, and we just thought it was so poignant that he's coming back this
1: week.
0: Those voices, courtesy of Teresa Mannion, on the News at One, and later in the year in October with Brendan O'Connor, the former governor of California and Mister Universe or to us, the Terminator. And he is nothing if not determined.
5: In bodybuilding, I worked out five hours a day. So if I want to go into acting now, I have to also work five hours a day. So I took acting lessons, I took speech lessons, I took English lessons, accent removal lessons, and all this kind of stuff. I was sitting there, you know, because the Germans always say three, 3 3,333. And so my my, my, my speech coach was telling me, no, Arnold, there's a TH. It's not an S. You have to say 3,333. You you just about
9: got it there. You just about got it. Yeah.
5: (laughs) I ran around all day long with this kind of sayings. A fine wine grows on a vine, or the zinc is made out of zinc and things like that, (laughs) stuff that we in in German had difficulty with, I had to just practice over and over. Yeah, It was just one of the things, then there was stunt lessons and there was acting lessons. There was all of this stuff, hours and hours I spent every day working and working and working on improving and really being able to then eventually handle a leading role.
0: Arnie, a very charming man. And the superstars were coming out of the woodwork. With Ray, you choose Adam Clayton, and he was very open talking about his mental health struggles and his alcoholism. He's twenty-five years sober, and he's a rock star. So the high of performing in front of thousands of people who love you—how do you decompress after that?
10: The energy of of those eighty thousand people, and and that's, you know, and that's when you're playing football stadiums, is. It is an amazing thing, and, and it is in and of itself addictive. I think, mm. um, and you hear that and see that time and time again with with artists. Um, it's it's an amazing energy. I, I'm I feel like you two is very lucky because we we did not think our career would be as long as it has been. So we've seen it from all sides and you know we've all we've all had a little bit of madness along the way and i think we can now do the show know that we've we've done a good job and know that we've got to conserve our energy for the next day mm. and i i don't find any kind of i mean it's it is it is what you're used to but i don't find that, that there's any contradiction for me in going mm, yeah I, i'll have a, i'll have a cup of tea i'll enjoy it and i'll think about You know what's just happened to me, and I'll just let let the energy seep out. You know, I might, depending on where I am, see you know some late night chat show or something, which (laughs) which
5: which which sends me off to sleep fairly quickly. (laughs) Name it, name and shame. No,
0: (laughs) Adam Clayton with Ray in September, just before you two's Vegas run, which would turn out to be whiz bang and pop. But not to be outdone, Liveline, Paul Simon very recently, and back in October, Dolly, the Queen of Country, phoned in to Katie.
4: Can I talk a bit about your style then? Because um, you've been preserving your outfits right from way back to the early days.
3: Yes, that's true. I, my best friend Judy Ogle, who's been my best friend since we were in grammar school after we got out of school she came to work with me and so we traveled all over the world together all all the years that i've been in the business and she just started collecting everything keeping everything and saying someday you're going to have a museum and so sure enough, I did at Dollywood. And then somebody said, well, you had your song teller book, which was all about your songwriting. And well, why don't you do one about your clothes? Because that chronicles your life in costumes. And so that's where the idea came from. And we started pulling all these great pictures. So it's really an emotional book. It's very fun to, to read. It's very fun to look at, just seeing how. All the crazy ways I've looked since I started at 10 years old back home in Sevier County, Tennessee, my hometown, singing on local radio and television and at the fairgrounds when the fair came to town and journeys that I've taken with other people as well.
0: Dolly Parton on Liveline. Wow. Hard to follow that but we can because it was a momentous year for Irish women in football. The World Cup in Australia and New Zealand. We've come a long way. And staying with Liveline, former Republic of Ireland player Jackie McCarthy, a trailblazer. But when the anthem starts in Sydney, does she maybe have a sneaking wish that she was talking out? Do you feel a little bit jealous?
6: Yes and no. I mean, I, I feel like the girls that I played with, the team of 1973, that are still a great bunch of friends, um, we started something. We started a belief that, you know what, women can play soccer. We Nobody told us we couldn't. We played on our pitches in the summertime, you know, when the ground was rock hard because we could only get the pitches when the men were finished their season. And I know... Every last one of them. It won't be a regret. It will be a sense of pride that we were there at the beginning. We're not pulling on their apron strings. We're actually giving them a leg up and feel like our babies have grown up. And here we are. Something that started 50 years ago has come to fruition. It shouldn't have taken that long. But you know what? We'll take it.
0: And while we might not have gone all the way, we did ourselves proud. On the June Bank Holiday weekend, the RTE Concert Orchestra and sporting anthems. Damien Amara joined Claire to talk about this tune synonymous with the whistle of a schlitter going past your ear or the thwack of the ball over the bar. Shorthand for so many Sundays.
7: You could play that to somebody who's no interest in game yeah. games and straight away. Mm-hmm. And like, that's a fantastic piece of music. Um, Jaeger La Time by, by James Last. Um, like, we're working downstairs and you say to people, how did we come to use that piece of music as the Sunday game? How has that become so... Yes, you're so
4: figuring out why the characteristics of that yeah. piece fit for a sport. Because it
7: fits brilliantly. Like, there's great energy to it. There's a couple of points at which the music climaxes that you can finish. The, like, they only play 37 seconds of it at the start of the Sunday game. But talking to people... like Yeah. It's, well, they, they tell me downstairs it's officially 40 seconds but it fades after 37 mm-hmm. seconds I think if you said to most people who watch the Sunday game how long is the theme tune at the start oh, sure two
4: minutes I, three I, minutes
7: that's the exact yeah. conversation I had with a colleague downstairs this morning it must be 90 seconds it must be two minutes
4: so who did you talk to who were your so, colleagues well you for spoke this to?
7: There, there is no more iconic uh, feature of the Sunday game than Michael Lester who anchored the programme for so many years um, he gets I think a little bit frustrated when people like me in my early 40s tell him sure I grew up watching you on the Sunday <laughs> game um, so we've we've Joanne and Michael, um, both of whom it means tremendously different things so Michael was the presenter of the programme when they adopted that theme tune by pure chance somebody in the office went I really like this James Last piece of music I think this might work so my understanding and certainly Michael's memory of it is that they had kind of bounced around with various bits of music because there was various different presenters in the early days and then when he took over um, it means so much to them and it has followed the two of them around Joanne obviously someone who would have grown up watching it like so many of the rest of us and Michael who was in the chair who will still tell you when he goes to airports when he goes to different venues there are still people who will approach him and say you'll never guess what my ringtone is
0: Back in a bit and mayo for Sam Welcome back June in the Montrose mothership fair to say you saw it coming at least of all the man whose name would be at the centre of it all.
11: leonie has been on to say when my eldest daughter who's 14 now was younger <clears throat> we heard you on the radio saying you never said no to your kids when they asked for a book and we decided to take this on ourselves and we now credit you with three kids who are avid readers. Well now please you did that yourself. My son Michael 12 who has uh, hearing loss and was a delayed talker, just finished reading Tim Marshall's The Prisoners of Geography. Oh, good on him. He's also scored very highly in English reading in his Drum Chandra test this year, something we never thought possible. So thanks for helping to give the, our kids the gift of read well. Mine are uh, merely words and your our actions are all much more important than that. OK, one more break before we say goodbye.
0: That was Thursday, June 22nd and the final programme from Ryan Tuberty on RTE Radio 1 because he would become embroiled in a payment scandal that would rock the national broadcaster. Then resignations, revelations of barter accounts, deals and yes, flip-flops. On what it says in the papers, Fiona Kelly brought us this.
4: In its front page coverage, the Irish Times reports that the implications for RTE go beyond immediate embarrassment, with several unnamed, high-ranking government ministers suggesting that the controversy effectively quashes any chances of an increase in funding for the broadcaster. And in a piece inside Today's Times, Hugh Linehan writes about how a recent Reuters report, which pointed to a decline in public trust in the media, noted that that decline was less precipitous in Ireland than elsewhere frittering that goodwill away with this sort of behaviour is a disgrace, he writes. Writing in the Irish Independent, meanwhile, Friannan Sheehan likens the episode to pork Flynn's appearance on the Late Late Show during his time as European Commissioner when he talked about the burden of running three homes. Except a Ryan Tuberty moment is when someone is paid so much they don't notice the extra cash, Sheehan writes. Also in the Independent, Donal O'Donovan states the view that this goes way beyond what Tubbs was paid for his work it points to a failure of
0: governance on morning ireland ony spoke to shinfain's at brian stanley chair of the public accounts committee
12: this isn't happening in any kind of a dodgy backstreet operation uh, this isn't Delby and rodney this is actually the national broadcaster and i'm personally very very disappointed because we've had rte uh, the senior people from rte including d forbes in front of our committee a number of times in the last 3 years and we were given firm commitments that pay across the top ten were being top ten presenters were being was being reduced. Not alone did that not happen in this case. Uh, in actual fact, there was seventy-five thousands being added on. There was fifty thousands being added on. That uh, you know that was deliberately concealed here.
9: Mm-hmm.
12: And this is at a time that when RT was coming in, to was uh, RT senior management pleading that the you know that the finances of the organisation were in such bad shape. And that's the context here.
0: And then we had the Oroctus media committees. Compelling viewing, jaw-dropping listening. Late Debate brought us this montage.
8: Why
1: why did you not call out the concealment of those fees going into a barter account under the heading of consultancy fees? Why, as Chief Financial Officer, would you
8: let that go?
7: I wasn't aware of what they related to. I wasn't involved Ah, in stop?
11: I am a postmaster myself, and I was working over the weekend where people paid the television licence, and one gentleman actually
10: said to me, will I re- revolute Ryan or Renault the money? Again, it is I'd like to apologise to the public and to our staff about what's occurred here, because, and to the Oroctus because it is a clear breach of corporate governance. You know, the public are outraged about it, staff are outraged about it, Oroctus is outraged about it which is absolutely right. So, as a board member, I'm incredibly ashamed that this has happened. Why did you accept Miss
11: Forbes' resignation?
8: Well, it, it, it was a decision that was taken.
11: That was another disastrous decision, in my opinion. How are we going to get any answer?
2: We have seven people in the room here with seven big titles and everything else and responsibilities, and all of a sudden, only one person knows it all. I can't understand that. Are you just to tell me... Defaults ran everything. So please, this is an opportunity. Put your hands up in the air, and, yell. and I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say you're ten lights on but there's some ten lights.
0: in a perhaps less than surprising move a lot of people didn't pay their licence fee leading to a new strategic plan from Kevin Backhurst and a slimmed down RTE involving 400 voluntary redundancies a lot more outsourcing to the independent sector cuts all over the place and a salary cap of 250 grand for everyone including presenters but one presenter not making the cut was Ryan Tuberty in August, the unexpected decision that he would not be back on air. Callum O'Mongone on Liveline brought us these voices.
6: I'm totally shocked, very disappointed. I really feel Ryan has been scapegoated in this awful, sorry mess. Um, there's very little um, sanctions evident for
8: senior management and the people who created this shambles.
6: I think Evan Backhurst made the right decision. In a position like that, he had to show that he was coming in, he was going to clear the decks, he was going to get Archie back on its feet, the thorn in the side, if you want to put it that way, for him,
8: was going to be Ryan Tuberty. I'm disgusted. I think poor Ryan has been used as a scapegoat. Uh, The Grant Taunton report totally cleared Ryan and Noel Kelly of any wrongdoing. I cannot understand, just because of the statement that Ryan put out, defending or saying what he felt had to be said, I don't think that was enough by any stretch of the imagination to do a, do a U turn and take him off the air. He waived his 120,000 exit fee. He pays his taxes. He's brought a huge audience to
6: RTE. I think he's an absolute brilliant pre- presenter. His reputation
8: is in ruins. It's like, I'm so upset.
9: Ryan Tuberty decided
6: to leave the late, late show. Fine. And he said he wanted to do other things. Now he has the opportunity to do other things. But he put his foot in his mouth. It was like putting a football in his mouth by making that statement. And Kevin uh, Backhurst was right. He said he seemed to have been wrongly advised. But The door will be open for him in time to come. Imagine to say Ryan Tupperty was getting more than the Taoiseach of the country and more than the President of France.
0: From Liveline in August. Meanwhile, a newly rebranded 9 o'clock show. And while not quite musical chairs, close, Brendan Courtney, Kira King, Maury Duran, Oliver Callan. May we live in interesting times. And if you weren't glued to a rock this TV this summer, and who would have predicted that statement, you might have been in the cinema. Oppenheimer, yes. But really, it was Barbie's ear. The pink, the pink, the pink. Although Anya took a bit of convincing. Here she is with Helen O'Hara of Empire Magazine. I
4: didn't expect how funny and sharp and socially relevant, believe it or not, the Barbie movie is. Um this is a I know, film hang that, on, that how does that work? Because Barbie is the epitome, is she not, of pink and blonde and um practically perfect. Exactly. But she leaves Barbie land where that is very much her life um, to come to the real world and finds, you know, that things are not as she expected. She the the Barbies in this in this universe believe that because there's a president Barbie and an astronaut Barbie and all the rest that that basically feminism is solved now and everyone has equality. So when she comes to the real world, she's in for sadly a rude awakening. So that allows them to sort of have a fish out of water story examining some of the stuff that's gone wrong for us.
0: And contender for line of the year. And Ken kind of takes to patriarchy, does he? Oh, Anya, we've never loved you more. And as we hurtle to the end of 2023, words of the year. Yes, AI was there. But also this from Oxford University Press. Take it away, Brendan.
12: The word of the year is Riz. I had to ask how to spell that, R-I-Z-Z.
10: It's quite confusing, so I'm not going to try and define it. I'm going to give it over to a TikToker. Here's the definition.
6: Riz actually comes from the word charisma that was initially shortened to rizma by some Twitch users and has now found its way to the even shorter version of riz. Let's use it in a sentence. Kim Kardashian thought that Pete Davidson had the riz.
10: <laughs> there you go. Style, charm or attractiveness, the ability to attract a romantic or sexual partner. So now you know, write it down. You'll hear it all the time.
0: Oh, we're all about the riz. But here on Team Blayback, the word of the year might be this particular way of passing time.
5: Ski-joring. Ski-joring. Joring. Ski-jor. ski joring ski joring ski joring right. <laughs>
0: I'm sorry, pardon? Well, Barry O'Brien Lynch represented Ireland at the Ski-During Championships in Calgary way back in February.
7: A horse or a pack of dogs pulls a skier, so that's Aye. that's the original use. It's kind of a Nordic uh, way of getting around the place. So it's been adapted now to the sport where you have a, a ridden horse pulling a skier. OK. So your skier's attached to uh, a, a rider uh, on a horse and it's 3 to one go
0: Yep. As crazy as it sounds. Back in a bit. Welcome back. 2023 was, in many ways, a year of fear and protest, particularly in relation to immigration and the rise of the far right. Certainly, the events in Dublin city centre in November were to prove terrifying. But way we back in January, what would turn out to be the first of many protests at centres offering accommodation for asylum seekers. This was at Ballymun in Dublin. And on Morning Ireland, Mary spoke to Lucky Kambula from the movement of asylum seekers in Ireland. Could
6: you hear what people were chanting?
10: Well, it uh, sent them home. Send them home. That is their message. Send them home. Loud and clear, so that message gets heard by the people that are seeking up, uh, for protection. That island says, "Send them home."
0: And in May, bales of hay and tractors were used to prevent asylum seekers staying at Mygauna House Hotel in Inch, County Clare. John Cook reported into drive time and spoke to one protester, Agnes.
1: Yesterday we were led to believe that this wasn't going to happen because of uh, a fire search and other issues with sewage, and um, that was Clare County Council had confirmed that with us. And then at twenty to seven uh, yesterday evening, a bus load of asylum seekers arrived here, and uh, to our shock and horror, we just couldn't
12: believe it. Like you know, why such shock and horror? These people need somewhere to live.
1: Yes, I I know that, but the way I suppose the townland here is a small townland. Uh, there's, I think, 54 of us in total between kids and parents, whatever. This is just not suitable, really. We're just out in the middle of nowhere. There's Uh no amenities here, Uh, footpaths. For them, even, it's not fair on them. Kilmele is about, I'd say, about maybe two Uh kilometres to the nearest shop. Innes is about 8 point Uh kilometres.
12: So So what else is there in Magauna House other than an old hotel that obviously could accommodate people, it would seem?
1: Nothing. Absolutely nothing.
12: You blocked... um people coming in last night though 34 residents are inside mm-hmm. i've seen some of them they said they came from the city west hotel in dublin yesterday and right. i'm not sure if they knew where they were coming are they able to get food are you allowing supplies in
1: um yes we're allowing supplies in yes
12: and what's there the plan the for today
1: um at the moment um of a lot of the residents here are at, at present um in innis at clare county council there's a meeting being held there with some of the council officials and we're waiting for them to come back out here then and we'll take it from there then, like, you know. Uh-huh.
12: The blockade may continue or will you yes. allow people... Can you see a way when you would welcome these people into your community? Because Wait, I understand people were willing to accept Ukrainian families. Yes,
1: exactly. People were willing, of course, like, you know, there was never an issue with that, like... But British... you don't
12: want international protection applicants, asylum-seeking men?
1: Um, That's not the case. It's just that what the problem is, is here is basically they're just... There's nothing here for them. From
0: Drive Time in May... And then in September, the Dáil returned. And as first days go, this was memorable, but for all the wrong reasons. Protesters seemingly from the far right. And Michael healy Ray, who was caught up in the middle of it. He had to be escorted down Kildare Street. He spoke to Onya on Morning Ireland.
4: As you say, protests outside the Dáil are common, uh, particularly when it comes back after a break. You yourselves, wasn't there a famous occasion you were on top of a car or there was music? So what was different about yesterday and what's your sense of what those protesters were angry about or wanted?
2: Well, this is the funny thing. Everybody is saying, what exactly were they protesting about? Because all I saw was people jumping up and down using horrible bad language that should not be used in any pharma protest. And there was no coherent message from them. It was like a gathering of people who just wanted to insult and this thing of uh, mock effigies of people being hanged and things. I mean, that's outrageous behavior. If they want to come and make a message, that's fine. But everybody's scratching their heads and saying, what exactly was their message? So whatever they did want to do, they didn't exactly do it very effectively because government don't know what they wanted, what they were there for, or what was their call yesterday, because they actually didn't make a call. All they did was let themselves and their families down.
0: And all of that before Dublin city centre was set ablaze in November. A stabbing on Parnell Street of a five-year-old girl and her carer. An incident used by the far right to cause violence and mayhem. And many people were very, very frightened. On the News at 1, Keen McCormick spoke to the manager of Café Nero on O'Connell Street, Renata Lisko.
8: I told all my customers they need to leave and literally a minute after that, there was just screaming and shouting and there was hundreds of people running down the street toward O'Connell Bridge. Uh, we closed the store, we stayed in the store, we couldn't leave until half nine, something like that. So there were... Multiple burns here. There was Garda car burning, bus burning. There was some burning in the Abbey Street. I'm not sure what. Uh, There was people everywhere, mask people. There was Garda everywhere, Riot Garda. It was really, really scary last night, to be honest.
0: And everywhere, shock and disbelief that something like this could happen in our capital city. With Claire Richard Shakespeare, Chief Executive of Dublin City Council. Do you feel in
4: some element of shock
0: this morning?
10: I was fundamentally depressed. I really was when I walked through the, 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 the streets this morning. um, And just senseless, senseless stuff. You know what I mean? And they, those thugs don't represent the Dubliners I know or the city that I love.
7: Mm-hmm.
4: Richard, we let you get on with the work. I know you have to get back out there. Yeah. Are you okay? Are you worried for you? is it worry for your staff or disappointment and sadness in you, in your city that upsets you so much?
10: It's a bit of both.
0: Yeah. From the Clairburn Show in November. On Saturday, October seventh, shocking events. Hamas killed at least one thousand two hundred Israelis, while others are still held hostage. And many of those killed were young people attending a music festival. On Morning Ireland, Mary spoke to Dan Williams of Reuters. They were enjoying a sun
1: a,
4: a, a sunrise in the morning when the sirens sounded. What Dan, are, are survivors and eyewitnesses saying about what happened?
7: Well, that appears to have been one of the ground zeroes of this attack, um, according to official numbers, 260 partygoers were killed. There is a very credible video going around on TikTok showing what appears to be the tail end of an all-night dance, Uh, young people dancing in an open field and then in the background you see what appears to be six or seven paragliders coming down toward them. We know that Hamas used paragliders to infiltrate into Israel for this attack. They also used trucks, vehicles and came in on foot after uh, breaching the Gaza fence. And according to witness accounts, they shut off the field from two points um, and um, shot the partygoers, uh, pursuing those who were hiding, flushing them out of hiding points in the bushes, in the trees, um, killing 260 of them and um, taking uh, uh, an unknown number of captives back into Gaza.
0: From Morning Ireland. Then, in response, Israeli airstrikes and operations in which over 20,000 Palestinians have been killed, many of whom were children at the end of October on drive time from Al-Shifa Hospital in Gaza, Surgeon Professor Ghassan Abu Sita.
11: Can you tell me about the amount of wounded and bodies that you received in about 24 hours? Because I I heard you say 600 dead into the hospital in in, in a day. Is that correct?
9: Yes, so the day before, there were 600 dead in the system and everything is running short, including the fuel for the generator. The hospital is overwhelmed. The staff are overwhelmed. A lot of them have lost... Members of their family, or we've lost members of staff. We've lost a, a colleague, plastic surgeon. Last night, in the early hours of the night, one of our operating room staff are completely exhausted, just like the supplies. But, I mean, for the last hour, the building is shaking with intense bombing.
11: Did you say that you're, you have patients who have lost whole families?
9: Yes, there are lots of children who have, are the survivors of their entire family. My colleagues in other specialties tell me that they have the same whole families that are being wiped out when the building is being flattened. The day before, I had a 12-year-old told me that her mother and father had been killed. The day before that, I had a couple of children. Today, another boy whose parents were killed. Um, It's just, and this is in a 17-day period. I mean, that's the killing machine that is being unleashed on the Palestinians in Gaza that's the rate of slaughter that's happening.
0: From drive time in October. After that, maybe let's go to Arena. Sean did an interview back in February with singer Lisa O'Neill. she just released her album, All of This is Chance.
5: I suppose in some ways, Lisa, the album is its full of references to nature. It's full of references. As you said to me when, when you handed me the album, you said, it's the cosmos. It, it is full of... Very big references in in that way.
8: Yeah, I mean, we are nature and I'm finding that in in full scope for myself over the last few years that like, you know, my existence um, is really no different to that little dandelion seeds potential.
3: And, And how does that make you feel?
8: Tiny, but in a good way. You know, like the sense that you might get when you look up at the on a starry night out in the country and you you feel that the planet Earth is so tiny and you're so tiny, and it makes the worries of the world a little less. Do you know what we have very little control, just enjoy this this stillness right now, and I wish I could feel like that every moment of the day I don't, but when I capture that moment in my heart, like I like to try and put it down good night. Stars. Good night sky. Good night moon in sunshine.
0: bit of arena. We also like a bit of drive time, particularly five minutes before the hour. Items which were often illuminating, if only in the insights you gained about the dynamic between Sarah, I will McInerney, and Cormac, come here to me, O'Hara. In this instance, he's hangry.
11: <laughs> For me actually it feels like I'm in a tunnel with diminishing light when I'm hungry and the darkness is closing in on all of the god, other priorities such a or, drama queen. No, I swear, really god, I swear to god. I swear to god. So it could be arriving at a destination or it could be bringing the kids to school or whatever the and it just yeah. if I'm hungry it's just just get it done or I'm not going to do it until I get a ham sandwich. And that's oh, well,
1: that's good. Yeah, I mean, you're a, you're responding. It's you specific. don't get that little red light, do you? Oh, I do. <laughs> that little red flash. I always get yeah, red light. Yeah,
6: yeah, I've been there for for, 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 for for different reasons. Hunger doesn't particularly do it to me.
3: But yeah, look what, carry a healthy snack around. Yeah. Um, yeah, course. Do you know, just carry... <laughs> yeah, course. I feel like I'm kind, of, I'm kind of in the middle of a little personal war here. <laughs> but look, you know, a really do... interesting thing, don't worry, thing on that study. I'll deal yeah, with, with this off air. I'll
11: be with this. (laughs) (laughs) after my ham sandwich
0: and our sympathies to psychologist Sabina Brennan refereeing those two but we will stay with drive time for this it was Valentine's Day and poet Colum Keegan brought us this on love
12: Love the young people going out for dinner in a posh restaurant dressed in grown-up clothes. Love the mothers, the fathers who say it's a load of waffle but throw a fives and tenors anyway for big old teddy bears and two-for-one specials in the local pizza shop. Love the 30-something bloke who buys flowers who's too cheap to play for flower delivery and walks the gauntlet of rush hour traffic. That's a long walk. Love the old man who says better not go home empty-handed to the old ball and chain. We know where he hides his tears at night. Love the woman who isn't going to fall for hearts and chocolates anymore. Love the way she throws empty gestures in the bin and walks out the door, love the dance floor, love the fact that yeah there's going to be a lot of lost and honest coupling tonight but that there's also going to be a lot of shared eye contact where two people strive to be something more than what they could achieve alone love all that glorious late night closing time desperation, love the hope rising like a bucking horse behind so many rib cages. love that stock motion video of a field of new flowers blooming love the boom and air chattering rumble of so many beating hearts, love the little glimmer of risk where all love starts love yourself, love the fact that you don't have to do anything just because conviction love that you can love who you want how you want and when you want and on your own terms once they're equal terms love that love doesn't run out we do that or we don't love this day and all of its nonsense and take the real deal boy, the scruff when it comes
0: beautiful now we are almost at a finish for this best of for 2023 and it was a sad year for music so many losses but a legacy of songs that will live on so we will finish with two of our finest Sinead O'Connor and Shane McGowan This is Haunted And that is it from this playback special Thank you for listening Talk to you next year
8: We got a way of walking